0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
1: Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander, ESPN 1000. We're talking baseball. And uh, Jesse wrote an article recently on uh, ESPN.com. about a potential shortened baseball season, Jesse, give give us your points again about why you think that this would fly. And what really sparked mostly this because eye.
2: I'm ready for the playoffs now, and I okay. can't wait another month. I can't wait another month. Yeah, it's we're at the long. end of
1: August. I it's mean, September is. Uh, but how many how many races really get decided in September? Obviously, if we pushed it back, that would be the case in August.
2: Yeah, right. And it I follows mean, it, the teams, trade deadline. Team, teams would adjust. Yeah, my feeling is that. I think there's a lot of things about baseball that are antiquated, and maybe they'll take care of it in the next CBA. It just it, games need to evolve, sports need to evolve, and one of the things I think that needs to evolve is that the season is shortened by a month. Um, we, we have, you know, they have new studies about injuries and all these things, and you know, why does half the league have Tommy John surgeries? Maybe, maybe there's too much, I, I, too many games, right. too many, uh, too much. You know, velocity. Shorten the season. Let him let him throw at a hundred because you can't ask a guy to throw ninety. Uh, anyway, that my main reason is the momentum of the season just craters at the, uh, right around now. Right, right around now. We call it the dog As days of summer for a couch reason. Couch football starting today. Yep. NFL very soon. Yep. Two weeks from now, we'll just all be like, get this baseball season over.
1: Let's let's get on let's with get the playoffs there. already.
2: You take the momentum of the trade deadline right into the pennant race, right into the playoffs, which would be in September. And, yes, it would have to share headlines with football. But by October, it's just – unless you're in one of those playoff cities, it's just dead. Right. It's just dead.
1: And a couple of questions that I had uh, would be, well, first of all, how do the owners make up for the income? And you had a uh, response.
2: Well, less games means, first of all, paying the players less. Right. Okay. Uh, Also means if there's less games for people to attend, they will maybe – Pack them in more. Right. it will be, right? right. be more right. concentrated than in
1: different months. Right. it will be more concentrated.
2: They may not make it up completely, but their payrolls will be less. The players will have to take less, but their careers could be extended because instead of 32 starts, you might be making 26 or 27 starts. That adds a season to your career. Same thing with position players. Um, I, I there You can find reasons not to do it. I sure. get that. Sure. I get that. But I think my reasons are pretty compelling. Now, again, I think I probably am in the minority. Let's see what Joe has to say about in St. Charles. Hey, Joe. I I feel strongly about it. What's up, Joe?
3: Hi, guys. Um, You know, I don't think that you're ever going to get the owners to reduce the amount of games. But I'll tell you one thing that would make baseball a lot more exciting, and that's to close the game down to seven innings instead of nine.
2: Talk, and people are saying my my idea is radical. I mean, I do you know like what? the seven I'm inning doubleheaders you know. like you, but I don't know.
1: You know, like Joe, I've said that before. I mean, if you really want to speed up the game and you want to you want to get the momentum going and everything, that might be it. However, if you're playing through September, I mean, you know, what's the what's the solution
3: here? You'll keep the players
2: healthier too. Well, my idea would as well. Yep,
1: yep, in different ways. All right, right
2: so here's the question, Joe, and, and we'll have Xander answer it. Whose idea is more radical, making 162 games seven innings or playing 139 inning games? What's more radical? What changes- oh, more, so,
1: more radical is the seven-inning game. No yeah. Well, maybe mine,
2: but I'm
3: more forward-thinking.
2: Yes, you are, Joe. I agree with that. Thanks <laughs> hey, for the Joe. call. Let's go to Chuck downtown. You're on ESPN hey, 1000, Chuck. Chuck.
3: Hey, how you doing? Uh, a couple points. You know, I like the idea of the uh, shortened season, and uh, one thing that uh, would be an advantage is the weather. Like in Chicago, that's September's another reason. A better month, yeah. We, October. You know, we're we're getting you know change of weather, colder temperatures, shorter days. So uh, that would be an advantage. A disadvantage I see is the what about all these little guys, the concession workers? You know, they work the ballpark. down. they're going to lose a month's salary.
2: Well, uh, yeah. There's always ancillary things. Right, I get right. that. I get that.
1: And what Chuck was saying too, with the weather, a lot of places have domes now. Yeah, you know. So that's not a factor. Okay,
2: but guaranteed rate field doesn't. Right. Game I know. I know. seven <laughs> of the World Series this year would be played on November third,
1: and that's going to be a cold day.
2: If there's, if most most likely. likely. I mean, yeah. 2016, the Cubs and Indians got lucky. They they had uh, uh, is. It was 75 degrees in, <laughs> right. in, in late October, early November. Well,
1: everything aligned. Everything aligned.
2: <laughs> but nothing, not nothing ticks me off more, but one of my pet peeves is exactly that. A summer sport and its best moments, the World Series, could be impacted by 35-degree weather. 35 degree yep. weather. Yep. That And that's happened. And it's annoying. I don't want to sit there as a fan, as a reporter, or as a player. It's not meant to be played in cold weather. So, again... There's ancillary factors that sort of are in favor of my idea and against my idea. But what I said about the momentum of the season driving towards the postseason, the I think, is The of what my thing. you're
1: trying to say here is obvious in that you want to keep the momentum up. And there are a lot of benefits to this, which would be extending players' careers.
2: Let's go to Nathan. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nathan? Hey, not much, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. I'm uh, I'm
1: pretty interested in the shortened season idea. Uh, The Talk about the weather, man. I mean, we play spring training in March out in Arizona and Florida, but, you know, you play World Series games in November or late October up in New York, Chicago, even Detroit. I mean, you're going to be running that 35, 40-degree weather. I mean, it's just not pleasant for anybody to be around. And, that I mean, it'll mess with your batting, too, especially if you're a player from, you know, a warmer climate. Hey, Jose don't like it. Yeah, Mr. Abreu does
2: not do well. I mean, you could say it's the same for both teams, but the point is the sport isn't meant for that. It's just not. That it? Especially with with
1: Abreu, I mean, he'll hit 200, 210 in March and April, and then he'll turn it on once it starts
2: hitting 85. August is his best month. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. There's so many, I think, good, solid reasons for it. A a couple against. I'm glad we haven't taken a call, Xander. Someone's saying, "Oh, what about the numbers? The numbers, the stats, the stats. That's all out the window anyway. From the steroid era to the new stats, the analytics of it all. I don't think anybody cares about the counting numbers anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, the no. The home I agree. run totals. So now the so now career OPS will be an interesting step. Meaning, the percentage numbers are still good. Sure, a, a great OPS after 130 is still or one after 160 is still impressive after 130 that's right or a great batting average it's just the counting it's numbers. all relative and you it's bring up relatives. a great point jesse because think about it miguel cabrera hit home run number 500 this week yes he did how many people cared i don't think as many people cared Not as, as when Not as when
4: uh who, who's the last person before him to do it
2: and you know what in 20 years we'll we'll, we'll adjust to that first of all again his career might get extended 500 could still be important for a career. It's just the season totals. Right, yeah. The season totals will come down. But you know what? Over a generation, we will forget that 50 home runs is a big mark, and then it'll become 40. Right. Right? That'll be the well, look, big number. Well,
1: look what's happening with batting average this year. How many? How many years did we see people batting? You know, three fifty, whatever. It's not like that anymore. The game has changed. Right. This is a change of a potential change to the game.
2: Let's go to John in Glenville. You're an ESPN 1000, John. Hey, John. Hey, morning, guys. Good show. How Good are? morning.
3: I've been on this for years, Jess. You're, you couldn't be more correct. The way to do it is two weeks at the beginning of the year. You start like April fifteenth, and two at the end. The, the beginning year those games in March, and it, it's nonsense. The Wrigley Field, you're frozen. Then at the end of the year, the World Series night games. Now, at the end of October, the kids are in bed it, by the, by the third inning, and you're competing with football. It's it's taking away the luster from the World Series as well. It, I can't believe somebody hasn't sit down with. And I'm not a big fan of the commissioner, but, I mean, it makes too much sense. Yeah,
2: and, and, that, and that's why you have to follow the money. Xander's right about it. In the end, the money would not add up there there'd be a loss in payroll for the players loss of pay and, and that loss, would be a bonus contention and for loss sure. for, the, yeah. for the for the for the owners there's no guarantee that that um careers are extended because even though you're throwing 26 starts you're still aging a year right you're still you're adding a year right. to your birthday so I, I I'm saying it's not perfect but for those of us that love the game you do things for the good of the game and I think it'd be for the good of the game I could live with September 15th I guess But I still like the idea of it ending like this week, and boom, we go right into the playoffs, even before the NFL starts. Even before the NFL starts.
1: Right. Now, you you know, the idea of September 15th would be a bit of a compromise, and maybe that's a move in the right direction for what we're looking for here. And you're right. There are a lot of benefits. But then again, how do you address the, the speed of the game? which is also another concern, or, you know, uh, caller brought up kids being in bed during the World Series. That's that's an important part because we're trying to get kids hooked into baseball. They're playing baseball. They won't watch baseball. Well, that nothing to do with the
2: season, right, the length of the season. Right, but yeah, right, right. I'm right. with you on that.
1: Yeah, you, you know, so, I mean, it's the speed of the game. It's when, you know, when you are ending the season and getting into the playoffs – there are a lot of factors here, the future of the game
2: being one of them. I mean, it is is—it is weird. Think Just think about it for a second. We have to take a break, and Josh yeah. Dickerson's going to join us. It's just, it, it doesn't it sound weird to play 162 games in a regular season? I mean no sport in at any level plays 162 games. But you know
1: why people just say well it's always been that way.
2: No, right, exactly. You that, see, and that's the, and that's the problem. Start we... the sport from scratch. You would say okay, no bad weather. May 1st, even later than May 1st. But is it May 1st, you're done mid-August regular season to get the playoffs in Maybe before school starts, maybe before bad weather. Right. I mean, if you were starting a season, you wouldn't even think of going over 100 games. You wouldn't. You would just, well, most 100. likely not. And you you would you're say right. Maybe 90.
1: You're, <laughs> right. If we started all over, it would be like, okay, average season span for all climates concerned, you know, so everything's equal. May 1. I think starting baseball May 1 in Chicago, a northern city that has colder weather, we're still going to see some cold weather. Right. Yeah. But it's not as bad as March.
2: No. Think about, it, but just the the concept of it: basketball and football, uh, basketball and hockey play eighty-two games. Right? Sounds good. One hundred sixty-two. Who decided that? I, you well, know, that's you, a very you, interesting. You, you point. don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. And I love the sport, and I I actually love the rhythm of six months in 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 conceptually, but in reality, I want the playoffs to start next week. The the sellers, the Cubs are the best example. They have two months of this crap to go through. If the Cubs season was ending now, you could live with one month of this. But all these crappy teams, the Pirates, you don't need two months to see your prospects. You don't need two months of this. Play the spoiler roll. One month. Yeah. Go into the playoffs. End this thing.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I've got, to, I've got to believe it's going to be really, really tough for those that Cubs team, you know, and the and the fans to just kind of... Just kind of
2: putt, putt, putt to the end. Last thing on this. Yep. I'm going to just go back to what I said at the beginning. Yep. I can't wait for the, especially the American League playoffs. Yep. I mean, right now, the White Sox and Astros, I know it's going to be only five games, are going to play a knockdown, drag out five games. I would not put the White Sox as a favorite. I would not put them as a long shot. They're right in the mix. It could go, and I know this is easy to say, it could go either way for this White Sox team. I mean, either they are going to play tight games, most likely, and who knows? It could be out in the first round. They could go to the World Series. I think they have that kind of team.
1: But you know what? Right now, as we're talking about shortening the season, being a White Sox fan, I need more time to figure our team out until what? we get to the playoffs. What
2: are you talking about? They're twenty over. They're winning the division by double digits. There are what are do some you need? sketchy things going what on. What do you yes? need? Kimbrel needs another month in the eighth inning. Jeff Dickerson next on ESPN One Thousand. <laughs>
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
2: 20 on ESPN 1000 on this Saturday morning. College football returning today. The Bears in their final preseason game tonight against the Tennessee Titans who've had a COVID outbreak. So hopefully
1: nine players and coaches yeah. all together so
2: far. Including yeah. their head coach and their starting quarterback. Yeah. But that really doesn't it's matter preseason. for a preseason yeah. game. Justin Fields starts for the Bears as we bring in Jeff Dickerson, our Bears reporter, one of the finest in the business. Jeff, I got to go all meatball on you right off the bat. So not listen- you.
4: Yes. You never go right meatball. Away.
2: Listen to Matt Nagy a couple years ago with myself and Mark Silverman. That's one of the things that I look back at at, at from last year that I'm that I'm you know not happy about that I, that I made a decision to do in the preseason. You know is, is that and I feel like you know you know why there's number one. I think it's good for them that, to to have it. Um, but but number two, it sets a mentality. Uh, and, and so that's not going to happen this year. We're going to be a physically tough team. We are going to be a mentally tough team. They understand that. They, they're they going to be tired of hearing about that. They're going to be tired of hearing about attack of it, attacking and aggressive. Um, they're going to be tired of hearing about details. But, uh, I yes, you're right. I, I, I look back and I say, if I could change something in 2019, it would be playing our starters more, 100%. And that was in reference to the Mm preseason. Now, again, I'm going all meatball on you, but (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong. Andy Dalton has not thrown one pass to Allen Robinson, and neither has Justin Fields, and that's just not the only couple, three guys I'm talking about here. Um, Montgomery, you know, why aren't they playing a little bit more? They went down to three games. Why aren't they playing a little
4: bit more? Hold on, meatball. Hold on. If you compare this preseason to 2019's preseason, the number ones have played a lot more. I mean, a lot more. So Andy Dalton has played, think about two quarters in maybe a series or two, okay? Khalil Mack has played. Allen Robinson has not. He's had some handstring issues. David Montgomery had one carry in that first game against Miami. Then he came off the field. So a couple of guys they have not played, but for the most part, The rest of the players – now, Cole Komet did not play in that second game, which I thought was disappointing. I think he needs the work. But Jimmy Graham has played. Of course, the offensive line, which is in shambles, has played. You've seen Akeem Hicks. You saw Eddie Jackson quite a bit, I thought, in the second preseason game. You've seen Jalen Johnson. So he's playing most of the number ones more than he did two years ago. Okay. So, so, I I mean (laughs) – Is is it enough? Well, I don't know. I mean, so what I find interesting, guys, is there's this dichotomy around the NFL. A lot of these younger coaches don't play anyone in the preseason, whereas the older coaches do. Like Andy Reid had Patrick Mahomes play, what, a half right last week? But if you look in, you know, Los Angeles with Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay— the new guys in New York, uh, the Stefanski in Cleveland, they don't play anybody. So Nagy's kind of like still a little more in that younger group, but I think of that group, he's played his first team substantially more reps in the preseason than most of his contemporaries.
1: Jeff, so what is preseason for then? Is it to evaluate possible players for the future, or to get the starters ready for the season?
4: Preseason football is about making some extra money. For the <laughs> That's, That's what preseason three. football That's is. choice
1: number three, neither.
4: Because they don't have to pay them their regular salaries. <laughs> Everyone makes the same. It's a complete swindle for ownership. That's what preseason football is. They could accomplish everything they need to accomplish in practice if they were to go live If they do to joint practices and they were to go live, I mean it helps having like a real game environment. But I think what it really, what the purpose it really serves is it knocks the rust off some of the players as far as just getting in a game routine, and it does allow them to evaluate the very bottom of the roster because when you look around the NFL, guys there aren't all these spots up for grabs, right? It's just a couple. Mm -hmm. And what they're really trying to do is figure out the very bottom of the roster and then potentially the practice squad, which I think right now carries a lot more significance because it's been expanded now in recent years, and the rules have been loosened up as to who you can keep on the practice squad. So I think that's sort of the purpose that the preseason serves. And you tell people this every year. Meatball. I tell people every year this. <laughs> it's the preseason. Yeah. You can't go crazy, good or bad. And what happens? First preseason game happens, everyone goes crazy. Because so, we're
1: starving. Yeah, we're starving.
4: I know, but it's but it really you should not overreact. Like, has the offense looked bad? Absolutely. Are there major question marks on the offense? Absolutely. Does it mean based on what you saw in the preseason they're done? No. Does it mean they're going to turn it around? No. It's the preseason. Take it for what it's worth. So
1: that doesn't mean that Mitch is really much better than (laughs) he was here.
4: Mitch, that was set up perfectly. Yeah, it really was. Because Mitch is a tremendous athlete. When he plays against backups, he's going to look great. When he plays against a vanilla defense, he's going to look great. When Mitch plays against mediocre to average teams, he's going to be just fine. I think the problem with Trubisky in Chicago was that when they needed him to deliver against like the elite teams, the elite defenses, more times than not, he struggled in those games. Right. So if you're asking yourself, okay, is he my franchise quarterback? What's a franchise quarterback? My definition would be someone you believe in strongly can win you a Super Bowl. And to win a Super Bowl, you have to beat the elite teams. So I think that's where Mitch got tripped.
2: Up. Visiting with Jeff Dickerson here on ESPN One Thousand, who covers the Bears like a blanket. Speaking of the bottom of the roster, I keep seeing articles about the waiver wire. You know, as cuts happen coming yeah. up this week, um, and in relation to the Bears, that I don't think is a good thing when you have to scour the waiver wire for. Is it offensive linemen and defensive linemen at this point, Jeff? Oh, I think they're looking everywhere, Jess.
4: I, but that's common, though. No, that's common. No, I know, that. I know, I know, I know. But you, you'd like your, you'd it, love it just, your team to be set, you know, right, so to right. speak. Well, that's sure, not going to be the case. Yeah, either. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, my yeah. my guess is they'll add a couple of people. They've got, you know, they got to make some moves. Like the rules are different this year with this short term IR. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with like Cohn and Tevin Jenkins. So there's going to be some maneuvering taking place next week. You know, at the deadline, after the deadline, but no, no, I, I think they'll, they'll probably add a one or two players, but most teams around the NFL, they go that route. Now it's different this year because cuts are happening earlier, and they've got this, you know, sort of weird buffer week between the. Um, end of the preseason and the beginning of the regular season. So the practice schedule looks pretty light next week. So they'll have, they'll have to figure that out. But no, I I would imagine that that they're scouring uh, the waiver wire to try to find anyone at any position that they think could be an upgrade. So
1: the whole Justin Fields thing, when are we going to know when I, I, I mean, we'll know when he starts, when they have him start. But the point being is we haven't seen enough of Andy Dalton to really be confident that he is going to be a successful starter. Would you agree?
4: Correct. I don't think, though, that the average fan this year has seen enough of Andy Dalton in practice to reach the conclusion that he stinks. Because he doesn't stink. Okay. Okay. He doesn't stink. Is he great? I would say no. Right? Is this going to be a very short-term thing? The answer is yes. However... I really believe this, and they believe this. The longer they can keep Justin Fields learning on the sidelines, the better off he's going to be long-term. It's not going to be for long. They can't do it for long because he's just, I think, going to eventually emerge as the much better option for them. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that could happen is if they start getting off to a bad start and they get blown out in Los Angeles, which could happen, now they got the Bengals in week 2 that seems kind of winnable right cleveland looks pretty tough on the road in week 3 lions in week 4 that's winnable at the at the raiders you know it's a kind of a 50-50 game then they got the packers that's going to be tough and then tampa that's going to be tough my guess is around that tampa game um, or maybe a little after that's when Justin Fields takes over um, it's going to happen i don't think there's any doubt it's going to happen it's just going to be on the Bears and their offense, and not just Dalton, guys. I mean, this offense in general has to be so much better. You know, everyone's got to be better. The offensive line, they got to figure this out. Oh, yeah. Especially left tackle, you know, what's going to happen there? You think Jason Peters would be ready? Everyone has to raise their game, not he, just Andy Dalton.
1: Is he a serious option, Jason Peters, do, do you think?
4: He, he absolutely has okay. to be. I yeah, mean, well, he how, has how to be, How can yeah. he not be? I mean, right. the other guy they got Elijah Wilkinson who's a veteran, but he's always been a right tackle or a right guard. He has experience, but you know Jason Peters is you know, would be your, I don't want to say preference, because your preference would be Tevin Jenkins playing left tackle. But if you have to pick between the two, you'd rather have the guy who has all the experience at left tackle like Jason Peters does. He just has to prove to them that he's in the right shape to make it through an entire game. And that's... That's the conundrum they face right now.
2: You know, going back to Fields, that it's it's an interesting debate in this day and age of pro football. Does he learn more playing from day one, or does he learn more sitting watching on, and watching? In the old days, sitting and watching would be the answer for sure. Aaron Rodgers, I think, proved that most guys sat and watched. Um, is it? But but I think I'm. You know, could it be detrimental. It can be never detrimental to sit and watch. Right. Right? Could it be detrimental to play earlier than he should? Yes. And the answer is yes. But 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 things have changed where that debate is a little bit more even because coming out of these college systems, quarterbacks are a little bit more ready. I'm I'm sorta still old school when he was first drafted said, let let him watch and play. And then like it you said Jeff, I turned into meatball after the first game. I let this guy play right away. I, mostly for my well, entertainment instant, factor. Instant gratification. I, right, I wanted you just see want to in there he's and so you want entertaining. to see all the success. But it's probably yeah. still better for him to
4: sit cuz you it can't is. you can't get hurt sitting. A lot of it too is your circumstances that you walk into, right? Like for example, Trevor Lawrence was always going to start in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. number one overall pick. I mean, he was clearly ready, and there was no question that he was brought there to be the guy. So that was never in doubt. Now, Zach Wilson, would he be better off sitting in New York? I think emphatically the answer to that is yes. He has no shot at sitting because he's got to be the quarterback because they got nobody else, right? Now, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton, again, is this fantastic player, but look at what they have in New York. Backing up Zach Wilson versus what they have in Chicago with Dalton ahead of Justin Fields, and the Bears have a much better situation to have their young quarterback sit for just a little bit. I think the same thing in New England with Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to benefit from letting Cam Newton if if he you know can be eligible. Uh, I I think you know they're going to benefit. He's going to benefit from that a lot. I, I don't think there's not. It's, this is not a one size fits all thing. You're right, Jesse. There's a lot of gray here, right? It yeah, can go yeah. either, either way. I just think, again, circumstances uh, will dictate when a first-year quarterback is forced to play. And some of them have no choice but to play right away. But if you do have that option of delaying it just a little bit, I think you're going to be better off in the long run.
2: We have to let you go. Did your alma mater win today?
4: We finally get to Illinois and Nebraska. (laughs) Well, that's all they deserve is the 30 seconds. What do you mean? I mean, this is the Brett Bielema era. Can you imagine if we can win seven games for the first time since 2011 on a consistent basis? They'll
2: throw a parade if they do that.
4: I don't think Nebraska's very good. I have no idea what to expect from Illinois. I mean, Lovey did not do the best job, so I don't think Bielema's inheriting a great situation. but. Quickly, quickly. I know this yeah. is really quick. Biloma, I like this. He's recruiting the state very hard. I, I mean, you know, guys you're not going to see like right now, but you're going to see like in future years. He is putting an emphasis on recruiting in-state kids. I think that is wonderful. I like that. Yes. So I am giving him story. every benefit of the doubt. He, he's been, been successful before. It's going to take time. But just give me seven wins, and I'll build a statue for you on, on campus. All
2: right, man. It's uh, fall ball time for your son, Parker. Go throw the ball around, All now. right, guys. Take care. Talk to you later. Thanks, all right. That's Jeff Dickerson. Does such a great job covering the Bears, as he has for many years here on ESPN 1000. We're late for a break. We'll come back and get your thoughts on all this stuff. 312-332-3776, the number here on ESPN 1000. ESPN
0: 1000. Chicago's home for sports.
2: Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter
0: at ESPN
2: 1000. We want to sound off on anything Jeff Dickerson had to say about the Bears. Now is ty- the time to do it. 312-332-3776 is the phone number. To you know
1: what, Jess? I was glad that J.D. straightened this out because the whole idea of starting fields... Right away, I never liked that idea. I do like the idea of having him sit. However, we've heard Matt Nagy say that Andy's the starter. Andy's the starter. Andy's the starter. What I did want to see was them to follow that narrative just because he spoke it, and not because right. Yeah, you know the evidence points otherwise. That's well, my I concern. Mean,
2: I know. But, you know, the bottom line is that he's a veteran who's been in the league, who's had decent years going up against a rookie. And in, in, in a vacuum, in theory, you'd say, OK, it makes sense. Let him start until he fails and then bring in the hotshot rookie. That all makes sense to me. Now, the other avenue of that is let them compete and see who the better quarterback is. And I think that's obvious that it's Fields. So you, there's two ways to look at it, Right. right? Right.
1: And, and he, again, sitting him for a while, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is going to be a point where it's glaringly obvious. Right. Of and hopefully that they will take that action when they need to. You know,
2: it's, I think it's the classic, like your head says, let him sit. Your heart says, let him play. Right. Because you just want to see it. Well, him.
1: as you saw in the first game, you, right. you got to the point where it's like, just let ah, him play. I let him play. I gave he, up look, on look, all reason. It, it's exciting. He's the future. Uh, you know, he certainly looked good in his limited time. So, yeah, why not? But... You know, we'll we'll see when that time comes.
2: A reminder: at eleven thirty, Dylan Cease, White Sox pitcher, is going to join us. Now, that in itself is not headline-making news because he's been on this station many times. But what we're going to do is open the phone lines, ask Dylan Cease anything. Anything. How many people get to talk to a major league baseball player in person? Right. Well, it's not really in person, but yeah. on the phone. Not but many, then to But then to but say. We are giving I you can that ask opportunity. him anything? Anything. Anything. We have a button in case it's inappropriate, but. Well, well, we, well try to keep within it reason. appropriate. And, and I want to go back to my, my, my one thing. You know, we talked about the shortened season and, you know, the negatives. And there's a. I just want to say I am really looking forward to the American League playoffs and the National League, but the White Sox are in it, so we focus more Put on Boy, the style. Yankees
1: scare the hell out of me, pal. Well, think about this.
2: <laughs> think about this. The Yankees have won 55 in a row, they're still. 4 games behind the race. I know. How good are the god darn Rays? They're 80. And why don't they draw? They're 80 and 48. 80 and 48. They've won 5 in a row. I know. The Yankees have won 13 in a row. 13 in a row and they're still four out. And they're still chasing them, right? And the Astros and White Sox headed for a, you know, first clash, round clash. clash of the they're, Titans. They're right there within a couple games yep. of each other. Yeah. The the White Sox are 500 on the road, but like 30 over at home. So home field advantage might be nice if they can catch Houston here. So, you know, I'm going to write a story next month about Tony LaRusso and how he handles the big lead yet trying to win home field advantage. Like, how do you balance rest versus going for it? Rust versus rest. All that's I, I'm I love this. I love this. I just think it's a little too long. I just think right. a month from now, I may not love it as much. I'll be like, God darn it, get this thing over with. All right, let's go to uh, George in Old Town. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, George, George, I used to live in
3: Old Town. I'm jealous. Well, hey, guys, you know, I think that there's a third solution, and I think this is what should be deployed by Matt Nagy and the Bears. Justin Fields could be a key guy, just like New Orleans plays Tayson Hill in certain situations you could kind of introduce him on run-pass options. You're going to need a skill set to beat teams like L.A. It confuses the defense. They have to prepare for more stuff. And hopefully you can surprise them by using him in those key situations where he could add add to the talent and to the uh, offense of the Chicago Bears.
2: That's actually a pretty good idea. Has that of a... been addressed in camp? I, I think well, the, Waddles brought it up a couple times yeah, over the course of the week that I, he thinks there's going to be some sort of Fields package. But Nagy hasn't talked about it much? No, like, no, no he no, hasn't. Right.
1: But I kind of assumed that that would happen. Oh, I wasn't sure about
2: yeah, it. You know, I wasn't sure about it because, yeah, I mean, it's, it, not a, I bad idea, it's, it's a good George, idea, yeah. but is that is that sort of cutting the knees off of uh, Dalton a little bit if you don't give him a full shot at running this offense? Or Too bad, this guy's got a skill set you don't well, have? Well,
1: at some point you do have to say too bad, don't
2: you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. But that's a good idea. Why not? Why not? It, well, the plays just have to be there. But here, here's the thing. He, he's going to do something unbelievable in the second series of the season. We're going to be like, let him start. Why is he? See, when, that's the you're point. You bring him in for one anytime, down. Anytime
1: we see him <laughs> and yeah. he succeeds, which, which is going to be a lot, we're going to say, why not now? Bring him in. Let's get it on. Let's
2: go to Mike on the north side. You're hey, an ESPN 1000. Hey Jesse, I have two questions for you. First one is
0: actually more of a statement than a question because you've been in the media so long, you have a lot of experience. First, look, first a statement. You're saying you're you know, old. Yeah. yeah, no, no. <laughs> Fields almost got killed. He, it was a, you know, as an obvious read. Yeah, they were overloaded on the line. I'm not knocking Fields. Is going to be great. I came from the right side, not his blind side, and I think that's the worry is that there's more danger. I think you guys both agree. J.D. made a good point in playing him early than than waiting mm-hmm. a little bit. So my question though is, and again, I. To me, even if we didn't have a quality starting quarterback, even if you or I was playing quarterback, this is a 10-year, 12-year asset. And I'm really concerned, with not just with the O-line, but just, as you know, it's the one position in the NFL and really in all the sports. Like, you and I wouldn't be worried if we put a guy in the NBA. Oh, if he can have a career-ending injury, you know, dribbling up and down the court. Okay, maybe he bumps into a guy. So here's the thing. You've been in the media a long time. You've seen all angles. Why do you think there's such an overwhelming national as well but even somewhat local, an overwhelming obsession with he has to play game one. He has to play. Do you think it's clickbait, or do you think it's just they're not experienced in what the NFL risks are?
2: No, I think people are starved think, for a star. I think locally, well, I, agree with that, I think I has touched on this. I believe it was Sylvia. Others maybe. Locally, the answer to your question is we've starved for. We've been yeah. starved for a quarterback in this town. We just mm-hmm. want it so bad. It's been so long that mm-hmm. we want him to play right away. If, if, if we had uh, uh, tons of experience of quarterbacks in this town. Like and, if we were Green we,
1: Bay all of a sudden and we had Aaron Rodgers for years and we saw right. him kind of ending his career, we wouldn't be in this mindset. I right. don't but
0: believe here's it. the thing, guys. You would, you would agree. You ever remember when you were younger and you see this beautiful pond and it looks amazing and it looks beautiful and you want to jump in and your parents say, look, you could drown in that pond. You don't know what's in there. People, as you know, do drown in these crazy lakes and ponds, right? They're wild. They get in. I just think there has to be, I'd love more of the media is what I'm saying, to have the perspective that you guys had today and that Sylvie has. Let's be a little careful with this amazing asset that fell into our laps. That's all I'm
2: saying. No, I agree with that, Mike. And I will say this. The next job, and this is obvious, is for uh, Pace to build up that offensive line like his life depends on it. Because, And, and I, above all else, because I will tell you, the great quarterbacks make Average wide receivers into Hall of Famers. Look at Marvin Harrison. And Marvin Harrison was better than average. But Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison took off when Peyton Manning took over. Even great quarterbacks make offensive linemen look better. But to be safe, get five all pro offensive linemen, and this team will go to the Super Bowl. It is not
1: flashy, but it is definitely imperative.
2: He can make tight ends look better, wide receivers, running backs. He could also make offensive linemen look better, but why take a chance? So I'm, with, I'm with you. Like I, I, Aaron Rodgers sat for like four seasons, didn't he? And I know that was old school. It was a time when Favre was there and everything else. So I'm with you. My head says let him sit. My head says figure out the offensive line. If it's good, maybe you start him a little bit sooner. It's not, you know, I don't know, but I, I'm. I think Mike is making a good, solid point. Well, well there's what no I harm in, in having him sit and figure this thing out.
1: Absolutely, but what I don't want is us to be so settled on the O line and scared to put our asset him back because we're not okay with the O line. Oh, right. Eventually That's the he has wrong to play. way to
2: approach. It. Right. Eventually, he has to play yep. no matter what. And and like tonight, as I just said, he might make Jason Peters look better than he is because. He's got escapability. He's got this quickness. He's got this uh, instinct. Yes, and uh, and we've seen it. But but he, the caller's also right. He got blind. He didn't get blind. He got destroyed, maybe because of inexperience too. Like yep. oh boy, that guy's faster than anything I saw in college. So we, and this is why people like Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace get paid big bucks. They know this better than we do, but they haven't proven to know it better than <laughs> <Right>. we do. <laughs> they should in know Nagy, it better. Than we, 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 we trust. Do. Maybe. Let's go to Bear Fan Bob. Hey, Bear, Fan, Bear Bob. Fan Bob.
3: Good morning, Jesse. It's been a lot of years. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to talk to you, Bob. Yes, sir. Anyways, you know, I'm to go back to a point I've been making. For 50 years, the Bears can't wait to throw these guys out there. You've had one winner in 50 years, Jim McMahon, and maybe Bill Wade in 63. I don't know. I don't know much about Wade. They throw these guys out there before their time. They run for their lives. They don't have an offensive line to protect him. And with Steels, what's going to happen if you throw him out there right away? The line is so awful and so terrible. He might make some plays, the game here and there, but the NFL will catch up to him in a very short. He's get a kid killed. He might even break his confidence, probably like they did Mitchell Trubisky, you know. And you're going to have another bust. And why on God's earth would you ever want to do that? with the talent that Fields has. You know, the little bit that I've seen this kid play, he looks like he has superstar talent. Why ruin it for a year? You're not going to win anything in any ways. Set him, take your time, even sit longer than, maybe, than you should. Let him get hungry. And for you know Fields to be hungry, that's okay too. This offensive line is abysmal. Tonight, I would sure like to see some kind of professional football played at the offensive line level, even it's pretend football. You know, fake us, bear fans, out for a change. Let us know that we have some kind of an offensive line, guys. I got to go to work. Have a wonderful day, and it's a great show. Bob, Thank you,
2: and that's yes. a great call. That was a great call. It was. It was a very reasoned. He had to go, logical, but I wanted to ask him call.
1: if he thought that maybe he's sitting fields for the entire season. I think
2: he was trending in that direction. Maybe. And and my head says that's just not the worst idea in the world. Let's do this right for once in this city. Let's do this right for once. But it's the
1: instant gratification, Jess, that people want what they want when they want. See, that's the hard thing, right? Because if we all had our sense about us, we'd be like, you know what? Sit him for a year, go, Andy. Let's do the best we can. Let's get some offensive line. Let's develop these guys. Let's get some assets, and let's really go here, after here, next year.
2: And here, this is Nagy's last year, right? Under contract, right? Tyler, we think so. I think that. I think that's right. And here's the thing: Nagy and Pace could buy more time if they're patient, because if they're patient and they go six and ten, they can say, "Well, we didn't have our guy in there yet." We, sure. we're, we're getting him ready. Yeah, well, so that's now, exactly now that, right. Now that he's ready, don't worry about that 6-10. and 10, We're going to move forward. Like, if they rush him and lose, and he then starts... Done. To, and he looks bad, then they're really done. So, yeah. so yeah. some people might think, well, Nagy has to win, so he has to play him. No, maybe it's the opposite. Right. And the fact of the matter is, we'll go back to the bottom line. If this is a generational talent, if, we don't know for sure, if... We certainly hope so. There's absolutely no... Conceivable harm in him, him sitting, where there is conceivable harm in him playing him too early. Right, exactly. We could end with that. We just don't we have patience. That. I know we don't. I know we don't. And uh, our sponsors don't have time, uh, patience either. So we have to break three one two three three two three seven seven six. Good discussion here on ESPN one thousand. Sander and Rogers back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Northwestern football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Northwestern returns to Ryan Field on Friday, September third. When they host Michigan State, kickoff is at 8 p.m. Buy tickets now at nusports.com.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
1: All right, we're talking Bears football here. ESPN 1000, Jesse Rogers, Mark Xander. We've got a couple of phone calls to take before we get back into baseball. And by the way, Dylan C's up at 1130. Ask Dylan anything.
2: Taking your phone calls for Dylan at 1130, 312 I like uh, Bob here in LaGrange. It, it says on the board, why is everyone afraid? I'm interested to see what he's, what he, what he's talking about. Hey, I assume Bob. it's Fields. What's up, Bob? Yeah, what's,
1: what's, why would I be afraid? Maybe he'll do very, very well. I mean, he might shine. If somebody if he break containment, he going to find somebody open. That's phenomenal. Let him play. What's the hold up? he been hit before. So if he don't see the guy coming, he can run out of it. But once he breaks that containment, somebody's in trouble. He's going to find somebody up to field. Touchdown. It didn't so take later. much.
2: I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm back. I'm That's back to playing That's all you to him. do. Bye. Bob did it in the I, range. Nah. I mean, we just explained the, the, the negatives, you know. I don't know.
3: Well, let him play. He's he smart. He's ticket. He can figure it out. He's no
1: dummy back there. Let him well, play. And he, and look, he played in a big uh, arena. He did.
2: A big stage. And more rookie quarterbacks start now in the NFL than ever, right? Yeah. It, it used to be they would all sit almost. So that's the argument for it. College systems are closer to the pro system. You know these what, uh, days. a
1: similar situation, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, if you want to jump in on this, but is uh, the uh, whole uh, Mac Jones thing with the Patriots, mm-hmm. is that a similar situation that we're seeing right here? You know him?
2: It's but, a little bit. I think the one thing that's a little dicier there is that Cam Newton's been in and out of COVID protocols. Well, so okay, aside really, from
1: that, aside well, from well, that, Dolan's is there a similar has been in and out of situation? mediocrity
2: for a few years. Does that count? <laughs>
1: Well, so is Cam, no?
2: Yes, that too. But I also think Cam Newton's the better player than Andy Dalton as well. Okay. I mean, he's won an MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. Right. Okay. Let's go to Eddie on the north side. You're on ESPN 1000.
3: Hey, guys. I'm sick and tired of hearing about offensive lines to do stuff. I heard that for years of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, he had a better offensive line. Brady comes in, the same offensive line, and wins the Super Bowl. If Justin Fields can play, he will make that offensive line better. He will make the receivers better.
0: It doesn't matter. When you're good, you know it clicks. If you can make decisions in that pocket really quick and get the ball out, that's what wins Super Bowls. Not running quarterbacks, because 99.8
1: of them that have ever won Super Bowls are pocket passers.
2: All right, well, now the uh, tide has turned. Last segment, everyone's saying let him sit. Now they're saying let him play. I don't disagree with the concept that a great generational quarterback can make everybody better.
1: Right, right. And I think it's a little bit of both. Or look better. Right. It's It's a little bit of both. And he threw a Brady comparison in here. I mean, do we really have a comparable comparison to Tom Brady on this earth at this moment? Not really.
2: And even he sat. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not necessarily on purpose, but because right. They were, right,
1: but I'm know. saying at this point, as far as making a uh, offensive line look better, I mean it's Tom freaking Brady. I mean that's that's a hard comparison.
2: Let's go to Earl in Chicago. Or, excuse me, in Cicero, Earl. You're on ESPN 1000. Go ahead. Hey guys, you know I'm not a I'm not a big
0: Nagy fan, but he can only do so much with what he has with him. And talent wise, this is all Paces' fault. I mean, he, yeah. this guy. He should have been gone years ago, but he's still here. Hopefully, this is his last year, and he's gone because we need someone like Mister Finkster who knew you got to build offensive line, defensive line first. Because I don't get any last caller about Brady. That's all fine, but you can't run the ball. You have got these other teams teeing off on your on your quarterback. I don't care who's there; he's going to get
2: murdered. And- yeah. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. We have to, we have to go to break. I'm I'm we're I, I think we're with you. I mean, that's his only job now. Build up the offensive line. That's his only job.
1: Right, right. Look, Pace is responsible for getting Justin Fields here. So he has redeemed himself. We're not talking about Trubisky versus Mahomes anymore. We we got that out of the way. Now it's Justin Fields. Now going on, job one is the
2: O-line. All right, coming up next, you're going to hear from Yasmani Grandel, not on his big night, but on being ejected two nights ago in a rehab start. I, I just love this answer he went on and on much more detail than you'd even want about being ejected in a triple a game and then of course we're going to talk to dylan cease next hour lots to go before we get out of here at noon white Sox Weekly's coming up and of course we have white Sox baseball against the cubs later on tonight stay tuned this is espn 1000